This is Stena. Thank you for tuning in to the Identity in Me podcast, or In Me for short. I'm joined in this episode by Nahin Jorge, who is the Associate Dean of Admissions and Director of Multicultural Outreach at Phillips Exeter Academy. As a result of his tireless recruitment efforts in admissions and support for Latinx students through La Alianza Latina, which is a club on campus, he is being celebrated on my podcast for Hispanic Heritage Month. I hope you enjoy the exchange. Yo, 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 I'm here with our Hispanic Heritage Month honoree, Mr. Nahin Jorge, who is the Associate Director of Admissions and Director of Multicultural Outreach here at Phillips Exeter Academy. He was hired before Facebook and Instagram were a thing. I'm joking. He was hired in 2012. Even though he has been here for nearly a decade, he continues to look young and spry. I think my colleagues would agree that he puts the S in swag. He has a nice collection of fedoras, sport jackets, and on his free time, rides around Exeter on his exclusive looking motorcycle. I didn't want to tell y'all exactly what kind of motorcycle it was. I don't want to embarrass him, but it's smooth. And he looks great riding around on it. There's so much to add about his swag, but I'm going to pivot and allow him to tell us a lot more about who he is, which will give you a sense of why he's being celebrated. Mr. Jorge, how's it going? Thank you, Camilla. It's going well. It's going well. I'm so happy to be here with you all um, and to be having this conversation with you. And yeah, we are honoring you this month um, because of your uh, dedicated work over the last nine years here at the Academy. Can you believe you, you've been an employee for almost 10 years here? Time goes so fast um, here at the Academy. Um, I've been fortunate to have different roles in addition to my to my roles in the admissions office. Um, but what I love about Exeter is I lived this experience as a student. Um, and to be able to connect with, with, with students, with families, uh, definitely helps shape the, the experiences that I, that I hope to have um, with, with, um, with those families and those students that I connect with. All right, so before we proceed into why you uh, started working in admissions and wanted to do identity-related work in admissions, how do you identify? I, go, I utilize he, him, his pronouns. Um, and I identify as Hispanic Latinx um, member of, of our community. Okay. And so which country um, is your family from originally? And were you born abroad or were you born here? So I was born right outside of New York City. I grew up in New Jersey, uh, right outside New York City, uh, near the Hudson River. Um, I actually grew in a, in a city called West New York, New Jersey. Um, which is on a hill overseeing New York City. Um, and during uh, free, free time during the weekends and during the summer, I would often, oftentimes go into the city um, to explore with family and friends. Okay, so um, we have to clear this up before continuing on uh, with this interview. I didn't realize you grew up near New York City and New Jersey in that area. And so... Um, how do you feel about the New York Yankees? I, I got to ask, um, <laughs> we, you know, I, I need to make sure I'm straight on how you feel about them, especially. All right. That, that's, that's a good question, Dean Camillo. So, you know, yeah, you, the Red you Sox have my playing. motorcycle background, and now you're going to know my, yeah, <laughs> my yeah. sports preferences. Yeah, how here. do you identify as a sports fan? 
you know, I you, do identify as a as a proud Yankee fan. Wow, wow, and <laughs> um, and you know, there's a game, a big game tomorrow um, between the Red Sox oh, yes. and Yankees. Yeah, and and they're very close right now in the standings, if you know, in terms of the wild card. Tomorrow is the wild card game. The winner moves on. And I'm very confident that the Red Sox will uh, represent Title Town USA um, very well. So I remember as a student proudly wearing a a beautiful Yankee jacket um, that was gifted by um, um, by a close family friend. Um, And um, there were some some serious looks on campus, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but you were so smooth with it that nobody ever said anything. They just looked at you. And they're probably looking at you like, he pulls that off really well. (laughs) Definitely. And some teachers were coming up to me like, you should be careful, you know, with that jacket here on campus. I'm like, you know, I this is this is where this is where I come from. So I had to uh represent my um my origins and and uh in in my um in, in, in my background. <laughs> so speaking of origins and background, where is your family from? So my family, um, so I grew up in, in New Jersey, as I mentioned, my family's from Colombia um, and have a close connections to Colombia because every summer growing up, um, I would travel down to Colombia to visit our extended family. Um, and I would spend entire summers playing soccer on the streets, going out into um uh, into the downtown of the city, uh, the city called Cali, um, which is on the south- southwestern part of the country, yeah. um, and known for for its for its salsa dancing, for its food, for its culture, um, and I have so many incredible memories from from those experiences growing up. And to this day, I keep a close connection to to those experiences um, in Colombia. Um, and I've had the, the great fortune of being able to travel to Colombia, personally traveling around the country and also traveling for the admissions office as well. Oh, really? Admission sends you to Colombia? I have been. I have have uh, have recruited, uh, presented in Colombia. Um, I've had events there. Um, I have interviewed students. Um, and so it's definitely something that I enjoy being able to to travel back down to to South America, uh, in particular Colombia. Yeah, if you ever need help, um, because uh, Colombia is vast, you know, if you ever need help dividing and, you know, splitting up into different parts of the country, I got you. You just let me know. Of course. Yeah. We can always use a, we can do do a nice sort of Exeter evening event with you, Dean Camillas. Yeah, yeah, make it happen. I know you got that sort of juice. (laughs) Okay, now you talked a little bit about some cultural elements um, like salsa. You talked about food. Before I talk about salsa here, um, can you cook? Do you cook um, Colombian dishes? Yeah, so um, I, I grew up, my mom sort of would, would always teach me some of the dishes that um, you know are, are part of sort of the Colombian cuisine. Um, of course, Colombia is a very diverse country, so you have different locations around the country that have special cuisines, special dishes. Um, but I grew up, you know, um, you know, learning from my mother and, and the way sort of that she cooked. Um, and she also had the opportunity to um, to learn from others, and you know, when when she came to the United States as well. So I've also learned other cuisines as well. Um, not only from my mother, but also growing up in New Jersey, which is a very 
um, um, very diverse environment with different cultures, different countries. And so um, definitely cooking is something that is important for me. You have fond memories of cooking with mom, standing by her in the kitchen, learning things? Oh, yes. Many times just rolling empanadas, filling those empanadas, you know, with with a good savory meat and potatoes. Um, and I actually, I uh, was part, of, I'm not sure if you, if you know this, Lee Camillus, but I was part of school year abroad, uh, my third year at Exeter. Uh, and my mother came over to Italy um, to meet my host family. Oh. Um, and during that time, we actually, my mother brought some frijoles, which are some, some beans. Um, and we also made some empanadas with, with my host family. So that was a really unique experience that I, I will always cherish. Um, is there a chance that you can ever um, make some empanadas and bring them to Oma uh, to share yeah, with your colleagues? Me. Okay. All right. Cool. I'll follow up with you after the episode. We will make that we'll happen. Make this happen. <laughs> okay. You also mentioned salsa. And I know that um, salsa is a hobby of yours. It's probably not even a hobby. It's probably so much more. Hobby just makes it sound minor. Before I pivot that way, I'm wondering at what point in your life did being Colombian or Colombian-American resonate with you? That's a, that's a great question, uh, Dean Camillus. Definitely during my time at Exeter, uh, through my work with La Alianza Latina, with the Afro-Latino Exonian Society, I started having more conversations about identity and, and cultural experiences. When I started my time in college at Yale, I started noticing that different students, depending on background, would sort of split in terms of their cultural identities yeah. and the different groups that they were associating with. And so with a group of friends, we actually formed a group called Por Colombia. We started a, an organization that would bring Colombian students together despite sort of socioeconomic sort of differences, um, no matter their location in the country. It's a way for us to connect. We had that shared identity. Yeah. Um, and we actually uh, came together quite well, and we actually formed a uh, an organization that held a student congress at Yale. Um, we had uh, the Colombian president send us a video. We had different panels, and through that organization, I really started thinking deeply about my own identity and my own culture in um, um, in, a, in, a, in a white sort of institution. And so yeah. what does that mean to sort of represent, you know, your own experiences in that space? Um, and I'm so glad I had the opportunity to do that with very close peers um, because it transcended sort of the differences that we had and it brought us all together. So I'm going to throw you for a loop here with a question that I did not uh, present to you before the interview. So, um, and I'm asking um, because of what you just shared. Um, and can you tell me the organization that you just referenced, was it an affinity group or a cross-cultural club? It was a um, cultural club. Um, and we actually sort of opened up, we had different events uh, around, you know, certain holidays. Uh, we would open it up to uh, members of La Casa Cultural, uh, which is... Um, it's a space at Yale. It's a dedicated space, a dedicated house to uh, to Hispanic Latinx groups. And so they all live under La Casa. And at La Casa, we were a subgroup of all the different groups that, that are present there. Understood. So um, did this organization also reach non-Hispanic Latino identifying students? 
We would. We would be open to welcoming members of the community just to sort of celebrate Colombian sort of events or sometimes watch Colombian soccer games. And um, we would open it up to the community. At the same time, we would at times come together for more affinity-based meetings. Got you. And for my audience, an affinity group is a uh, closed group where members of that particular identity um, meet exclusively. And in a cultural club, members from outside of that identity or folks who don't identify with that particular group are welcomed into the space. Um, I just wanted to draw that distinction in case some people don't know. And so the question that I had for you um, that I didn't pose before the interview is when you are completing an application and, you know, applications vary, not they don't all have the same options. Um, and Hispanic and Latino are not racial categories. So in the racial category, if you don't have the option of choosing Hispanic or Latinx, how do you identify? Yeah, so this has been a change now that in completing the 2020 census, I started thinking more about because, you know, I I saw the ethnicity question, which was separate. And definitely there I checked off, um, you know, Hispanic, Latinx, and I listed sort of origin, sort of country. And then for the racial field, I had to sort of go through the list and had to click on other because yeah. my own personal sort of story in Colombia, there's, there's a mix of sort of different different people coming together, you know, for, in the country. And so sort of my own lineage brings in people from Europe. I also have lineage, lineage that goes back to the Middle East. And so for me, it's so challenging to identify with one sort of racial group. Um, And I see myself as as multicultural, um, you know, in terms of that that experience. So many times I will click on on other um, because the the categories don't capture sort of my my own experience and and my own sort of identity, racial identity. Does that elicit a feeling like when you check off other? Does it engender any particular feeling within you? Like, is it just like, okay, I just check off other, or is it like, hmm, so there are other defined categories, but here I am having to check other. For me, it's, it's, it's so, it's so interesting knowing that this is an area that has seen a tremendous growth. I think in, since the last census, I think there's a 276% growth in this field of, one or two or more races, you know, when it comes down to to reporting statistics. Um, And so when I think on other, I think it's, it's an opportunity for, you know, for, for us to sort of give our, our, our full sort of experience and not just sort of focus on one piece of an identity. Um, I'm always reminded of sort of an iceberg model of of identity and, what lives be below sort of the, the surface of the water with an iceberg. Um, and when it comes to race, there's generations too that, that come into play in terms of the, you know, one's own, one's experiences. And so that, that other is trying to encapsulate sort of the diversity of my, of my family's experience, yeah. which, which is very hard to, to do with, with, with just one question. So it's empowering for you to be able to have that option to say, I am more than one category is what you're saying, essentially. Yes. 
Awesome. Awesome. And also I I'm always mindful of the experiences that, that met, that some will have in different countries yeah. and the experiences that they may have in the United States. And just recently I was at a conference having this conversation that in, in, in one country, um, I mean, my race may be seen as in a particular way. And then if, and if you go to a different country, yep. that also changes as well. It's also depends on sort of where you're, where you're filling this question out from. Yeah. The context matters. And earlier in the interview, you were saying that your um, uh, ethnic identity didn't really start to resonate with you until you came into Phillips Exeter as a predominantly, um, which is a predominantly white institution. Um, and so you you became acutely aware, like, okay, I, I'm not quite like most of the people in this environment. And now that we're talking about your experience at PEA, um, I'm curious to know how you filled your cultural bucket while you were here. Um, and more specifically, how did you express what you appreciated most about your culture while you were a student? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. In terms of my own cultural bucket, before arriving at Exeter, I thought I was going to be one of the few sort of Latinx students on campus. Um, and I interviewed off campus um, in New York City um, and then visited Exeter and some other great boarding schools as well after I was admitted. Um, and when I was touring campus, I was able to see other, other students of similar backgrounds and also faculty of similar backgrounds. And that made my family very comfortable with the idea of boarding school, knowing that there would, there would be adults in the community that would be supporting the transition uh, to this community. Um, but once I started as a student, I connected with a proctor from um, also from New York City, also Latinx sort of background. Yeah. Um, and I remember on the Friday night, he was like, hey, like I'm going, I'm going to ALES, are you coming? I was like, sure, I'll go. Um, and so that started sort of the process in terms of where I am today, that that question, that invitation to be in that space, asking questions, talking about your your own identity and your own um, experiences in that in that space really, really resonated with me. And I started digging deeper. I started thinking, wow, we, we all come from so many different locations and yet we have a a similar experience here at this institution, um, and so that was really helpful to to have that to have that that core group on campus through ALES uh, that welcomed me um, as I started my journey at Exeter. Then from there, I started going to LEL. I started. Um, I became president of Los Salcedos, which was a Latin, a Latin dance group on campus, and I started expanding of being an affinity space to a cultural space. And that's where LEL sort of was for me. I was able to share through through my through my classmates. We were able to share more of our culture and our experiences with the community. And typically around October, we would have dinners, we would have dances, um, we would bring in, we would have special, you know, movie events to to showcase culture and experiences. And is that because it was Hispanic Heritage Month? from the middle of September through the middle of October that y'all had these events at that time? Correct, if I remember correctly, we, it was always around October when we would have, um, you know, our, our, our big sort of LEL dinner. Um, and back then we, we would sell, we would sell uh, uh, tickets to the dinner 
uh, another to fundraise for for LAL. Um, and, and we would have dining hall uh, build a, a special menu for for that evening's um, event. And how did dining hall do? Did they do your um, culture of justice? <laughs> it's probably well, it under new management now, so go ahead and be honest. Cooking. It can never compare to, to, to home cooking, but they did try the, their best. Um, and there were certain things that they did better than others. Ah, okay. <laughs> Very diplomatic answer, sir. Good job. I was like, I'm going to give him a difficult one here and see if he steps in it. Don't worry. I would have edited it out. Uh, Like, Don't say that. You work in admissions. You need dining services on your team. Um, So. um, And and also like through summer school, we've we've had some really great international food festivals. Yeah. um, And in dining services always caters different, different foods from different countries. That's something that I really enjoyed from, the Exeter summer experience, yeah, um, you know, being being bringing sort of the campus together around the, the special assembly and the um, the cultural um, international food festival. Now you mentioned food, two things: food people, who yeah. brings people together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, if I want a turnout at an event, I got to make sure I have food here. <laughs> um, and I, you know, over the years, I've learned to uh, make sure that. I'm not just feeding people. Um, well, I, I want to make sure I'm not just feeding their bellies, that I'm also feeding their minds. So if there's food, there's also an opportunity to really learn about the culture or experience it in some meaningful way. Um, so the my mind and the soul, I would also add the soul in there as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so my audience goes beyond PEA. So I have to define some things before we move forward. ALES is Afro-Latinx Exonian Society. It's a club that has been around for the last, uh, actually it's in its 53rd year of existence. It's been here since 1968. And LAL is La Alianza Latina. And that club was founded, do you know when? I don't have the exact uh, date, but I know it predates my time when I started as a student. So um, we over over 20 years. Okay. Um, and ALES or Afro-Latinx Exonian Society is a cultural club. So they invite external members to participate in their meetings. And LAL has gone back and forth over the years, um, in my understanding, as an affinity club and a cultural club. Correct. It really depends on, on the board. And right now the, the board is gravitating into an affinity space yeah. um, in, in consultation with, with uh, club members as well. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they're always open to hosting some some cultural events for for students on campus, like they did on Saturday, the paint night. Exactly, we yeah, collaborated on. Yes, on it was. Saturday. Yeah, um, and that was a collaboration between uh, four two offices and two student clubs. It was the Office of Multicultural Affairs, Student Activities, and the uh, student clubs were the Bob Ross Paint Club and La Alianza Latina. So, you know, you bring different. Uh, partners together, you get uh, great energy from that and um, more investment in the particular event. So um, speaking of events, you and I have talked about the possibility of having a salsa night. Um, One of the things I know about you, not because I've seen it, but because you've mentioned it, is that you are a salsero. Can you talk about your experience with Los Salseros when you were a student and your continued involvement with salsa dancing? Oh, those cliffhangers. 
you'll have to tune in to part two of our conversation to hear more about his experience as a salsero and so much more. Identity and the Identity and me.